When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Minnesota sports fans, we know all too well how it feels to sign up for a lifetime of purple pain. Welcome to Before We Die with Jesse and Thor on Purple Daily and Score North. Hello, hello, Monday evening, Purple Dailies Before We Die on Score North. I'm Jesse Pierce, normally covering your Minnesota Wild for NHL.com. However, they suck. They're dead to me. I've moved on fully on the Minnesota Vikings train choo choo. Let's go. Thor Nystrom, my co-host here. He got me there because he is the king of school nation. Look at that sweater, Thor. That's looking nice. Let's go. Let's yeah, you, you had, had to break holidays. it out. Celebratory mood over here. Exactly. And our producer, Ross Brendel. Ross, why do you like the Minnesota Vikings? Pain? What pain? <laughs> Skull Vikes, baby. That's right. My goodness, you guys. Eight and one, your Minnesota Vikings, eight and one. Like I woke up this morning, still not entirely sure how to feel an overtime victory against Buffalo, the Super Bowl favorites. Everybody knows it. Best record through nine games since 2009, a seven game win streak, which is their best since an eight game win streak in 2017. And each of those last seven wins have been by one possession. This is the fifth time this season they rallied to win when trailing with two and a half minutes or less remaining in regulation. My God, but they're here eight and one. I told you guys last week, probably the last two weeks that I was more and more. And I'm terrified that I am so on board with your Minnesota Vikings right now. <laughs> it's one that was yesterday was one of the best NFL regular season games that has ever been played. That the, the ending of that game in particular was just wild. You, you just don't see games like that. All the different things that were happening. Josh Allen with that goal line fumble after the Vikings had failed to convert their fourth and, and goal from the one yard line on the quarterback sneak that when they got the second chance at it, th- there's only been two quarterback fumbles from their own one yard line in the past, like five, six years, Josh Allen had the other one, but it's, it's just so rare to happen anyway, but to facilitate the ending we got, w- what an insane game and what an incredible win. Where were you guys? I mean, this is going to be one of those where were you moments, right? Like everyone, we had the Minneapolis miracle moment. I feel like this is another one of those moments. Like where were you when the best regular season game the Vikings have ever played happened? I was watching at home. Yeah. yeah. And I I mean, like, you know, after the J- Jefferson catch, and of course we're going to talk about that, but I like, it, it was like your, your eyes bulge out of your head and you're wondering like, is that, was that, you know, and then w- when they said it was a catch, I was just running around the room. I mean, th- the whole thing was wild, but so many different moments from that are going to be so memorable for years and years and years. But the, the catch in particular for me. A typical exciting NFL game will have maybe one or two moments that you remember after the game and go, wow, that was something else. This game had one or two moments per 
final minute or two <laughs> for the back half of the quarter, fourth quarter, into overtime. It, it was it was absolutely incredible. You think about the Justin Jefferson catch. Oh, by the way, the Stefan Diggs catch. The catch on the sidelines that maybe wasn't a catch. Kirk Cousins not getting in on fourth and goal. Vikings not getting in on third and goal. Fumble. Fumble recovered for a touchdown. Bills drive all the way down the field. Kick a field goal to tie the game. You go to overtime. It reminded me a lot of the Bills and Chiefs in yeah. the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it it was very similar. I don't know if it had that same feel, but the wowness and the craziness factor was through the roof. And I still, still having watched it multiple times, I can't comprehend how Eric Kendricks went from where he did to then suddenly having the football in the end zone for a touchdown on the Josh Allen fumble. That is a scrum of all scrums. And you can't make it up that Eric Kendricks falls on that football. And in large part, because of that, the Vikings end up winning the game. And, And by the way, I heard the announcer saying this, and I did see it on Twitter at the time. I'm sure you both saw it. Should the Bills contemplate punting the football away or, t- or taking the safety and then punting the football away? Mm-hmm. Couldn't. No, no, couldn't. they shouldn't. Yeah. Uh, they they should have contemplated just holding on to the snap and falling forward. There's look for as as bad. And I'll say this as bad as Greg Joseph has been. You <laughs> don't punt that football away knowing that a field goal would then beat you with 40 some seconds on the clock. That's right. That's the absolute right call that the Bills made. It just turned out to go in the Vikings favor. And guys, it was awesome. So good. I mean, I was late. I finally had to leave my house because the Minnesota Wild played yesterday at five. And I'm like, I can't leave. I can't leave. So I quick ran to my car. Did they play? Put on, you know, Did they play? Again, dead to me, guys. Dead. Uh, <laughs> put on PA and listen. And then I finally, I get to the ramp. And then I'm like, I can't leave. I had an interview that I was supposed to do. And I'm like, I'm going to be a couple minutes late. I'm sitting in the parking ramp listening to this game going ballistic. Like, it's just... It's unreal. Like I have to think that medical insurance companies are now going to start asking if you're a sports fan because of your heart palpitations, right? Like, you know, you have to be very healthy in order to get some good insurance. They're going to be like, ah, you're a sports fan. I can't do it. Or, ah, you're a Minnesota Vikings fan. Can't do it because I just, I can't imagine what it's like to not be a football fan on Sundays or not be a sports person and just like live your life casually without kind of an exhausting roller coaster of emotions. Yeah, I, I said during the game that I was going to need a carton of cigarettes, a bottle of bourbon, and a cold shower <laughs> after the game was done. I basically did that. What a roller coaster ride. And yeah, I mean, the, your heart rate was just going through the roof for the last, like, what, 25, 30 minutes of real time, mm-hmm. maybe even a little bit longer. Just, just a wild and crazy game. I know. think. Oh, ahead, sorry, Ross. Jesse. Just a, one big takeaway for me that I, I know we'll, we'll get to probably at some point, and, and in particular, maybe one player. What I am really starting to love about this Vikings team, and you can you can slice it many which ways when you talk about the one-score games, how do they happen, the anatomy of how a one-score game happens, how the Vikings keep winning them. Uh, but to me, a big degree is basically the uh, ability to take a beating and come right back. And this team, this team does it, and it's a great trait to have to not feel like you're out of a game. When you go into a quarter – Trailing a Super Bowl favorite by three quarters on the road, or excuse me, by three scores on the road, and you still come back and win, that's incredible stuff, and that can really propel a team. A team that, oh, by the way, went into the game at 7-1 and one, and is now 8-1. and one. I'm incredibly excited 
to see where this goes from here. Again, newsflash, they're going to lose a game. There's, I, I really, Thor might not believe that, but they're going to lose another game at some point. But what are they going to do the back half of this schedule? I am very excited about that. I mean, off that tangent, that's the biggest difference for me that I've seen. You, you're still seeing the Vikings make some critical errors in a lot of, not even just this game, but in a lot of their recent wins. The difference is they're not losing those games. They're still holding it together to come back to win, which again leads me to believe that the KOC regime has built this belief and this confidence where it's okay to make those mistakes. You know, normally if Kirk Cousins has kind of those struggles that you saw in this Buffalo game, sometimes that shuts him down, especially under Zim, right? He didn't have that belief. And this entire team has this belief and this confidence and hot damn, they're fun to watch. Like they're fun to watch. They're fun to watch post game. Like they just have all of it going. And again, winning is fun, right? It's easy to do that. But like Patrick's Patrick Peterson all blinged out, He's doing his thing. He's pulling the Kirko chains going. I mean, this team is just a lot, a lot of fun too, which I think is is a huge difference in and another reason that they're being so successful. It sure is, yeah. And 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 this past game, you know, a, a, another thing that was just super duper positive. The 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 guys that the Vikings need to step up in these enormous games did. Uh, you know, Daniel Hunter had had one of his best games of the season. Uh, Darisaw before he went out was very good. Ezra Cleveland had a monster bounce back game after he did not play well in the commies game. He was awesome in this game. PFF graded Ezra Cleveland with a 90.2 grade in this game, but it wasn't just, and of course, Jefferson, who we're going to talk about here in a little bit, but it wasn't just like this Delvin. It wasn't just those guys, the role players. Th- there were several role players yeah. that came out of nowhere to, to have these starring roles, like in, in the, um, the end of the overtime where all the bills needed uh, because the, the Vikings could not punch it in when they were yeah. really close to the goal line had to settle for the field goal. You give the bills another shot. They're coming down. Josh Allen takes a shot into the end zone to Dawson Knox, his enormous tight end, who is being covered by Duke Shelley, a practice <laughs> squatter the Vikings have picked up before the season, who had only gotten activated to the active roster the day before when Cam Dantzler got inactivated. Duke Shelley, who I think he was seating like five, six, seven inches in that 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 battle with Dawson Knox, ends up knocking the ball away to, to end up, you know, ultimately preserving the game. Of course, Patrick Peterson's interception was the thing that sealed it. But if Duke Shelley gives up that reception, the game's over. Another one, Christian Derrissaw gets knocked out of the game with a concussion. Blake Brandle comes in off the bench. He played really, really well, especially in the pass, bro. Um, you know, sort of buttoning up the blind side for Cousins. That was really cool to see all these different guys that are down the roster, these depth pieces, coming in in this enormous game and helping the Vikings actually win it. Yeah, and that's a really good sign, Thor, because we've talked multiple times, even going back to the preseason, was how deep is this team going to be? And I think, especially me, maybe you two question the depth. I have less questions about the depth now than I did a month or two ago. Are there still some depth issues? Yeah, I think there are, but I think there's depth issues with most teams in the NFL. Booth and a Caleb Evans getting some run yesterday. Good to good to see our guy Booth exists. It's nice to have one of the first two <laughs> first two picks be out there, be out there on the field and a Caleb Evans again making plays. It, you need guys like that to step up throughout the season to be able to win games and to be able to win late in the season because not everybody's going to stay healthy throughout the season. So you need guys to step up. And sometimes it's not even make plays, it's to be available for multiple games at a time. And we're starting to see that. So that that's a great sign. And the depth on the line. But bravo to uh, Kwesi and KOC for hopefully figuring that out a little bit. Because we all know it had been 
years since we at least saw average offensive line play. And the numbers seem to be bearing out that we are getting average to above average offensive line play, which I know has to bring a smile to Kirk Cousins' face. You know, there's no depth on uh, my fantasy football team guys this year. They are also dead to me, just like the Minnesota Wild. Obligatory fantasy football mention. The good news is I'm no longer distracted by any other teams. It's just Minnesota Vikings tunnel vision. Uh, I hate my fantasy football team. That's why you will not find probably any more mentions of it because they just, it's terrible. Obligatory fantasy football mention. This is outside the bounds of, of the fantasy thing, but this goes back to Ross's point with how well the Vikings have played in the trenches. Obviously so important to team success. Every Viking starter in the trenches, except for Ed Ingram, is ranked in the top 20 uh, of the, their PFF grades at their position. So the Vikings have been uh, very good on the offensive line, t- taking this enormous step forward, and the defensive line has been as well. That's, that's how winning teams win. I mean, certainly helpful that those secondary guys are really getting in action, getting guys that we're not used to seeing. But we did get a huge game from two, three guys that we are used to seeing. Let's start with Justin Jefferson, uh, fourth and 18, one-handed grab and rip. Like, how on earth are you getting that football? Like, absolutely phenomenal. Jefferson, 10 catches for 193 yards. The fifth time he has 100 yards or more. Third time that he's had 150 yards or more. You know, has seven games with at least 150 receiving yards, which passed Randy Moss and OBJ for most games with 150 receiving yards by a player in his first three seasons in NFL history. And like, whole Nelly, Justin Jefferson just keeps getting better and better. That was the best catch in NFL history. I And I've never seen a better catch at any level. Um, to, to me, you know, breaking the thing down. And I'm, of course, I'm talking about the fourth and 18 play. It, it was the, it was similar to the, the Odell Beckham Jr. catch, which mm-hmm. is considered previously was considered the best catch in NFL history. And I do think there were similarities except for three things. It, it was similar, except the OBJ one was not contested. The Jefferson one was contested literally from the catch point all the way through to the ground. Um, Of course, it it occurred also in a do or die fourth and 18 situation on the road against a top three NFL team. And then that catch, if if he doesn't make it, the game's over. But him making it extends the game and it facilitates one of the wildest endings to a game in NFL history. Um, It's the best catch I've ever seen. I think it's the best catch in NFL history. I agree. I think we're starting to talk about a receiver that might end up being the best ever. And I know earlier this year, literally, this is how great this season has been. Earlier this year, we were all kind of saying that's, yeah, we think he's on that trajectory, but maybe it's a little bit early to make those comparisons. Heck, maybe it's a little bit early to make the comparisons. I did not say such things. I've that he's better than no, Randy Moss. I, no, I, I think you were leading the charge that he was better. It might have been. <laughs> admittedly it may have been Thor and I that were a little bit you know standing back on well let's hold off on these comparisons at the very least assuming health again let's just assume health he's going to push a lot of Jerry Rice records including receptions reception yards touchdowns I mean literally everything is on the table for this guy if he stays healthy and again, yeah, it depends on what it, who's his quarterback in five to seven years. That's not even a knock on Kirk Cousins. I'm just not sure Kirk Cousins is still in the league in five or seven years based off of age. But, man, it's it's incredible. And, and he just – look, he's like every receiver. Yeah, he's going to have some drops here and there. It happens. But the incredible catches and just the way he's able to, for the most part, 
get open facing double coverages, facing shadow coverages, facing mm-hmm. schemes specifically designed to stop him and the way that he's able to get open more often than not. It's incredible. It's uncanny. Jefferson is 100% on a Hall of Fame trajectory, of course. And yeah, I mean, his, I, he, you know, already, so no other receiver in NFL history has 2,100 games in their first three seasons. He's already done that. And mm-hmm. his third season ain't over yet. And, and Jesse had mentioned the 150-yard thing as well. In, in this game, people will remember that catch. That, that catch is going to be shown for the rest of time when they're showing the best catches of all time. But it, it would be, I would be remiss if we only focused on that in that game the rest of his game was one of the best that we've not just this season for a receiver, but I mean, going back a decade, I'm not sure, you know, who has had a better receiving game than that. He, so Jefferson in that game, 10 catches, 193 yards and a, and a touchdown. Of course it was a career high by him. It was the most receiving yards any player has had in in a game this year, but was what was most impressive to me, the, the next gen, the next gen stats thing that the NFL does, it had never recorded a player who had had uh, more than six uh, catches in a game where it was a sub 50 percent uh, probability of completion. Mm-hmm. Justin Jefferson yesterday, nine of his 10 catches were sub 50 percent uh, expected reception on it. He was, you know, I mean, like we talked about, like how good he is at getting separation, how good. Of course, his hands are awesome. And then, you know, after the catch. You know, one aspect of his game that that hasn't been talked about as much or or he hasn't gotten the ability for it to come to fruition was in the contested catch situations. Yesterday, it didn't matter who was on him, how many guys were on him. He was coming down with the ball. Just really cool to see. I think we'd be a little naive if we didn't admit that a part of the reason why Diggs and Jefferson probably played so well yesterday was because they were playing against each each other other. (laughs) and because of the comparisons to each other and Diggs being a former Minnesota Viking. Hey, look, that's not taking anything away from those two players. If I was the Minnesota Vikings, I would put a Stefan Diggs cardboard cutout cardboard cutout on the (laughs) sidelines for the rest of Justin Jefferson's career. If you're able to get that type of performance from double J for the remainder of the season and the remainder of his career, that was just awesome to watch. And and look props to the bills too. You can't have the greatest game of the season so far, maybe one of the best regular season games of all time. If you don't have another team playing you that backs it up, just like the Vikings did. It was the game. Look, you're happy that the Vikings won. I'm very glad that they won. I'm glad that Josh Allen played and looked pretty darn good. But you do kind of feel slightly bad for Buffalo. It just felt like a game that both teams should win, but that's that's not the way it works. And, man, am I glad the Vikings got that win. Keeps them in the running still for that number one overall seed, which I can't believe I'm saying in mid-November. If that awesome game stuff. ended in a tie, I would have puked. Like that just disrespectful. <laughs> I would have just hated every second of that, you know, kind of wrapping up on the Jefferson talk. Do you think that he is getting enough attention nationally? Right. I mean, there's that regionality that definitely plays a thing. If Justin Jefferson was with the Cowboys or if he was with a team that everybody seems to really focus on constantly, he, I feel would be getting even more praise, but because he plays for the Vikings, because I still think nationally, there isn't the hype around the Vikings that there deserves to be at this point. You would hope that that would change after Buffalo, but you look ahead to Dallas and Dallas is still favored to beat the Vikings even after they're coming off of their loss. So do you think Jefferson and the Vikes have finally gotten on the national radar or do you think they're still kind of flying under and have more to prove again nationally here? 
we love to be recognized as Minnesotans, right? We wear it proudly on every single article of clothing that we own. Wait, wait, really? Yeah, exactly, right? But do you think nationally that it's gotten better? Or do you think, I mean, we're only a day removed from one of the greatest football games ever. Do you think there will be an improvement this week as we head into the contest with Dallas? There, there's still people sleeping, but the the alarm clocks have started to go off for for a lot. Um, Jefferson, they asked him after the game, "Are you the best receiver in the NFL?" And he said, "No doubt, he is. <laughs> he he's the best receiver in the NFL." And not everybody acknowledges him as such yet, which by definition means maybe he's not getting the complete respect that he should. But he's he's showing it week in and week out. The, the rest of them, the doubters, they will wake up. I, I would I say this. I, I don't know why they would care so much. I get it. Like For me and for us, it's fun for everybody to pay attention, right? But if you're the team, just keep doing your own thing. I think it would be awesome if we look up on Super Bowl Sunday after the Minnesota Vikings party with the Lombardi for the first time, and we have to ponder what to rename the show. And everybody goes, how the heck did that happen? But everybody in Minnesota goes, yeah, we knew. Yeah. I think that would be kind of fun. Just passive aggressively. We've been telling you guys, classic. What and I want to talk. I want to talk about that line. What a disrespectful joke by the sports books and by the betting market in general to install the Cowboys as a favorite in Minnesota. I mean, coming up, what a joke. We just saw the Cowboys lose to the Packers. Like, I mean, it goes back to what you were talking about. If Jefferson was on Dallas, would he would he get more attention? Well, yeah, because every you know, I mean, like that's it's it's Dallas and it's it's ridiculous, but um. That line is outright disrespectful. Bolt I'm taking, I'm removing, I'm removing the quarter. We'll put the quarter back in on Thursday. We'll talk about that a yeah. little bit more. Uh, final good things, because there is one, just one little bad thing we're going to touch on. Just one quick thing. But Dalvin Cook, 119 yards rushing yes. on 14 carries, including the 81-yard touchdown, which I almost forgot happened because you're so hyper-focused on the overtime in Jefferson. I was like, oh, yeah, that was a huge touchdown run. Dalvin Cook keeps cooking beautiful beautiful things from cook yeah talk last week about how you know something to watch out for was the bills had the bills run defense had this propensity to give up the explosive runs before that run i think delvin had six uh six carries for 13 yards something like that and he had that one where he lost six yards whatever but then on he has the one home run or the the grand slam really you know that that helped the, the vikings you know end up being able to take that game into overtime the 81 yard touchdown run longest of his career longest in the nfl this year and Delvin Cook, you know, earlier this year we were talking about, seems like Delvin's getting more juice, you know, as, mm-hmm. as the season going along. He hit 21.7 yes. miles per hour on that run. That's blazing. He ran faster than my commute was into work today. <laughs> <laughs> With the snow here, if you're in the Twin Cities, you know exactly what I'm thinking about. Yeah, uh, Thor, I think we're starting to see that perhaps that um, carry share, ride share, whatever you want to call it, is paying off. I don't think Delvin looks, this will sound funny based off of the comment that you said, overall, he doesn't look as explosive as he has in the past, Mm -hmm. but it does seem like when he needs it, he can still find it. So that was really good to see. And that comeback and that wild finish yesterday doesn't happen without him starting that, getting the Vikings within 10 early in the quarter. And you start to think, Hey, you know, we get to stop here and get the ball back. We have a chance. I will say this just because I love observing random things that make me laugh. When they showed the Cook family in the first half, how miserable did the Cook family look (laughs) sitting in Buffalo? They have to think, wait a second, 
We have two sons who are studs playing in the NFL. Mm -hmm. One plays in Minnesota and one plays in (laughs) Buffalo. They're probably thinking, at least thank goodness when we go see Dalvin in Minnesota, at least he plays indoors. I mean, they have to be thinking, what crappy lottery did we win that our two sons have to play (laughs) so far north in this crappy weather? Well, when they get to watch Dove and they get to visit the best state in the United States. So I think that part of it's okay. That's oh, right. Yeah. In, in what county is that stadium in Thor? Do you know? Oh, well, but I, I want to let, can, can I ask you? Hey, Rod. Yeah, what, sure. What, what county is, is that in? I think it's in Hennepin <laughs> County. I just wouldn't have been able to do it as good. That's true. That's true. And then we could not conclude all of the positive discussion about this Minnesota Vikings game without some Kirko chains discussion, 357 yards. Um, you know, stats are down, but wins are up. So he just keeps kicking ass, taking names. I love it. You like it. You guys like it. Yeah. You like that. You like it. Uh, initially, you know, in the first half, he he was Kirk was not playing well. No. But then, yeah, I mean, when the game mattered, all of a sudden he was Kirk O'Chains again. And it, again, you know, we talked about this in the past about how it's weird that the, the storyline on him has inverted this year, where before he was the empty calorie guy who wasn't, you know, in terms of stats and wasn't clutch. And now, you know, you can have games like this where statistically he's not good and he made some wonky decisions in the first half. But when it's money time, he has mm-hmm. been money all season. It reminds me a lot of, remember the Sam Bradford year when the Vikings trade for Sam Bradford? I've tried and... to erase it from my memory, but <laughs> I, I unfortunately say, we all try to forget yeah. that year? Well, Sam Bradford had a decent year, actually a pretty good year statistically, one of his better ones, but he got his butt kicked every game. Awful offensive and, line. Yeah, and every time he'd stand up and you'd go, I can't believe he's still alive. And this was a guy who had an incredible injury history before he got to Minnesota and it is what finally ended his career to me even though the offensive line has performed a lot better we've seen a lot of visions of Kirk getting hit getting back up he just comes back for more throws an interception don't care I won't throw that interception the next time get sacked it's third and 15 don't care we're gonna find a way to get the first down I love that you know I've been very critical of Kirk for years, I think after about his first year in Minnesota, I did a pretty hard turn on him. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to turn back the other way. And I know some people would say, oh, he's always had this in him. I would kindly tell you, no, look at the numbers. It's never, he's never been like this. The, the, the want to, to not lose. It's different this year. I'm not saying he wanted to lose games last year. That's not what I'm saying, <laughs> but it just seems different. I mean, he just, doesn't care. He get he gets his ass beat and he comes back for more. I love that. Just win, baby. Just win. Just win, baby. All right, you guys ready? We just we'll, it'll be a blip, a real quick blip. Small issues for the Minnesota Vikings, but actually large issues. Greg Joseph, I'm just gonna let Ross take <laughs> yeah. this. Now he has missed a total of ten kicks this season, half of them coming on extra points. I was ready to leave him in Buffalo. I was like, you know what? Whatever. Just it just. Ah, uh, of course, kicker. Ross, please, the floor is yours. It's it's interesting because if the Vikings go on to lose that game, maybe you are talking about the Vikings finally bringing in the scare tactic kicker or making a change. I would make a change. I would, but I, I don't believe that they're going to for part of the reason that I just talked about. They won the game yesterday. Probably don't want to mess with the vibes. And in their defense, we've talked about this now weeks in a row. Go look at the kickers that are available. 
they're probably worse than Greg Joseph. Not probably. They are. That's why they're unemployed. <laughs> but I would say this. I would rather have a field goal kicker that I know is going to make every extra point and I'll deal with the field goal misses here and there because the goal for an offense should be to score touchdowns. It shouldn't be to kick field goals. When my offense scores touchdowns, I should be able to reward them by the five foot four, 160 pound guy trotting out there and kicking a field goal or kicking an extra point. Doing his uh, job. You, yeah. You just, I, honestly, you just can't have it. And it gets frustrating. But I, look, I don't know what the actual solution is. Again, I would move on, but I've, I will, I would fully admit that could even be far more disastrous than what you're currently stuck with. So it's, it's a tough spot to be in. The, the only thing that I can say is what we've all said numerous times. You just can't have that. And you just got to make your extra points. It's really, yeah. Like I'm it's, that's the thing that's so frustrating. It's like, a, again, it's like the free throws, right? Like get out there, make your free throw. Like it's a gimme, take it, just get it. Um, that little blip. And then the third and one and fourth and one oh. game calls guys. Thor, you want to take this because this is this has now happened twice in a handful of weeks. And look, I get the type of offense they want to run, but if you combine both of those third and one and fourth and one calls for four total plays, that zero went to your expensive, powerful running back. It doesn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. No, it, it doesn't. KOC, his short yardage play calling was not good in that game. Yeah, you, you had the the third and one where you know, this was late in the first half. They take the deep shot to JJ on one of them. And then there was the short pass to KJ on fourth and one. And it's like on third down, why didn't you run? Or why didn't you at least give the threat of the run? I, I didn't understand the play calling there. And then in OT, he got cute when they got to Buffalo's two yard line, they ended up having to settle for a field goal because of that, which allowed the bills to still be in the game. And, you know, again, going back to that Duke Shelley breakup in the, in the Patrick Peterson interception, the bills had multiple shots at the end zone at the end of that game, but the game would have been over had the Vikings just punched the thing in. I, I think the the silver lining though is, you know, we talked about this in the past too. And KOC talks about this every week. I'm, I wasn't perfect today. I haven't been perfect. I'm going to go back and he, He's learning, learning, learning. And and I think like it's awesome that they're continuing to win get, you know, these games, even though you, you see some of this, you know, wonkiness or whatever. I, I think this is something where KOC is going to go back to the drawing board and, and is going to look at it. You know, another one was the uh the the fourth and uh goal sneak by by cousins where he didn't get in, where earlier this season you've seen a lot of motion right before that, which, which both sort of you know, introduces another thing into the de- de- defensive de- into the defenders' heads, but it also puts Thielen in a position where he's right behind Cousins when the ball snap, yeah. so he can help out with the push. You didn't see that, uh, you know, uh, on there either. So hopefully those things get corrected. But yeah, the, the short yardage stuff or the, the short yardage play calling was not good yesterday. Well, again, just blips. They are eight and one. Your Minnesota Vikings. We love to see it. Let's go. All nothing but positive vibes. I'm. I am. I'm scared. Like I was about almost in tears. I'm like, I'm so scared to believe in this. I can't just, it's different. It's different. It's going to be different. We're, we're, we're believing it's whether you believe it or not, you know, that's up to the individual, but you can still enjoy it. Right. Yeah. You can, if you want to be skeptical, fine, be skeptical, you know, to a degree, I still kind of am. That doesn't mean I didn't enjoy the heck out of the Vikings winning yesterday. And that also doesn't mean, at least for a period of time, I enjoyed the heck out of the Packers losing, even though (laughs) Thor and I were texting. I think you were on this one, Jesse. 
at this point, it doesn't even really kind of matter what Green Bay does. You know, you watch it, you're like, well, why? They, they helped us. Yes, correct. Yeah. yeah. In, a, in a roundabout way, they, they, they're, them beating Dallas could really help the Vikings at the end of the season. So just, you know, you could still enjoy it. You could be skeptical of it, but you can still enjoy the wins. Look, yeah, maybe there's pain on the way. Maybe there isn't. But enjoy the happiness while you have it. I, I want to make two other points. Um, first of all, you know, I said the short yardage play call was not good. The refs were terrible yesterday, uh, and it yeah. it seemed pretty I, one-sided. I mean, like, I hate to say it as a Minnesota guy because you don't, you know, especially complaining after a win, there was so many blown calls in that game. And, and, and the goal line, Sam, we were just talking about, the Bills had 12 players on the field. 12 players so on the field. It's like, how do, you, how do you miss that one? The Gabe Davis one? I mean, like, yeah. you, could, you could go on and on. There were several blown calls in the Bills' favor. And by the way, Josh Allen played in that game, and he looked like the regular Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. He was leaving the pocket as much as he generally did. The moon shots were all there. It was almost as though Josh Allen was not injured and the Vikings beat them anyway. The one other point I wanted to make, we, we talked in some of these past episodes about like sort of the revenge tour of some of the Vikings who had come over when they played their former team. You know, you had the Jordan Hanks, yep. you had the Patrick Peterson that uh, I'm missing several. Yeah. But Whole point being, yesterday, Harrison Phillips played like a man with his hair on fire in Buffalo. And he was a super unsung hero of that game because this defense really misses Delvin uh, Tomlinson. If Harrison Phillips did not play like a man possessed yesterday, I don't think the Vikings win that game. Usually with Harrison Phillips, and this is going back to his days at Stanford, what he's good at, it's the occupying the guys in front of him, just sort of being a, a tough war daddy, knocking heads together, allowing the linebackers to flow. He's not known as a pass rusher. It's the reason why in his draft class, he fell way later than you would expect, you know, based on his his stats and the impact he had made at Stanford. Yesterday, mm-hmm. he was awesome as a pass rusher too. He, he had like six or seven pressures. He hit Allen one time. Uh, great game for Harrison Phillips. Had to shout him out. One comment for the room on replay in the NFL. What is the best way? And I would even say it's about college football, because I've always said, what is the point in replay if we're not going to use it or we're going to use it and still get things wrong? I think one way to at least fix the first part is to just pull the booth reviews out of it and just say every coach gets two or three challenges. If you win all your challenges, you get another one. We're not reviewing anything. It's up to you and your own staff. So I think that would alleviate a little bit of pressure off the NFL. Maybe it's not overall good for the game. I, I don't know. I just think it's this. It's not just the Vikings game that that happened. Uh, you know, that's happened at other points mm-hmm. throughout the season. It'll continue to happen. Calls are going to be missed, but it does boggle my mind how we love to replay everything. And then a play like that at a pivotal moment in the game, we don't look at is, is there a fix to that? Is the simple solution that, they go the college rule and they just review everything or you go to my proposal and say, no, the booth does nothing. They only review when a head coach wants to. I got a different one. Why don't you have an extra ref at, at each one of the games? Who's just watching the billion uh, television monitors that they have up of <laughs> sure. that game yeah. from every single yeah. angle and just don't have the coaches challenge or whatever. It's just that guy. And if there's a oh. blown call before the next step, he just pushes a button and we don't need to go under the booth or why you got the other also, guys going under the, the guy who just blew the calls going under, under the hood, have a separate objective guy who can just push a button and say, this is what the correct call is. And they correct it. And if the oh. game would go on like that. Also, I'm glad that they finally, the college game and the NFL game, finally made the screens a little bit bigger, but they're still incredibly tiny. It's Why so are weird. they not wheeling like a 65-inch TCL Roku TV out there? You know, it's this is the NFL, and we're asking them to look at these high-definition nine screens 
nine inch monitors to decide to play. Yeah, no. they're like an 1850s photographer going <laughs> under the little hood. It's, it's so weird. We we allowed a big screen, sit down, put him in a Barker lounger, sponsor it. Uh, to, Roger, give go. me a call. I got you. We, give me a call, Roger. We got ideas, Roger. Uh, our first idea is let's wrap this up, up, eh, boys? Let's uh, let's give them our before we dies as we put a exclamation part point on I'll, this episode. I'll go first if you guys don't mind, and I'll let really? the stars of the show close it out. I look, it's it's not something I asked for, but every now and then leaders just ascend to their roles. I am okay being the special teams whisperer and the leader of special teams on before we die in purple daily. However, I would just like to say that before I die, I don't want to be the special teams whisperer. (laughs) Uh, The Vikings have, I believe a good special teams unit by all accounts, a great special teams coach, perhaps a future NFL coach. Special teams wasn't great yesterday. Duke Johnson hasn't been relevant in five years and he has a couple of nice kick returns and the missed extra points. All I'm saying is before I die, I don't want this title anymore. So please either somebody in the comments section, be willing to step up and take it from me or Vikings. Just make your extra points. Most of your field goals and cover kicks. And and by the way, Thor, since you got me tipped off on this, this is why you're the assistant special teams whisperer. Does Jalen Rager struggle with every punt to him? It's just, it's literally every, everyone. It seems like the catch can't it. If I know how to catch punts, at least in theory, how does he not? He never fields them cleanly. It's either above his head towards his feet. It just makes no sense to me. Anyways, I don't want to be the special teams whisperer. I'm out. All right, Thor, you're up. Mine is, before I die, there will be respect put on the Vikings' name. This is a team that has been disrespected all year. People don't want to believe their eyes or or what they're seeing in front of them. In this one, it was like, oh, you know, the Vikings are, even if they win, it's just because they're going to get lucky because Case Keenum will be playing. And they've gotten lucky in all these other games. And this team is a fraud, et cetera, et cetera. The Vikings go into Buffalo. They play Josh Allen, who, again, showed absolutely no ill Ill effects from from his injury, whatever. And the Vikings, they were uh, the victims of, these several blown calls and in big spots and they win anyway, put some respect on this team's name and Vegas. I'm looking at you installing the Cowboys as a two point favorite when they're coming to Minnesota next week is an absolute joke. In the meantime, until the Vikings get the respect that's coming to them, we just have to uh, make money off the folly of other people. I don't know what they're seeing, but it's clear that, the, you know, these people that are making commentary on the Vikings nationwide have not been watching this team play week in and week out. This is a legitimate Super Bowl contender, and we may have seen a Super Bowl preview yesterday. Skull. 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 They'd be playing that music and Judd would be waving the flag. I thought you took the quarterback, Jesse. I think you put the quarterback in. Jeez Louise. All right. Before we die, the Minnesota Vikings will win a Super Bowl before the Minnesota Wild win a Stanley Cup. Told you. They're dead. I moved on. I've moved on. I can't. I don't want to talk about it. It pains me. I've moved on. It's We're done. It was Uh, my... uh, The the Wild's most recent loss, it's all my fault. I poked fun at the... um, shorthanded goal that the Minnesota wild scored to make it two to nothing. I poked fun at how that goal happened Mm -hmm. and then it went downhill from there. So it's, it's on me. It's not on, it's not on the state. It's on a lot. It's definitely just not on the, it's on everybody. It's I don't, I want to talk about it. All right. We're going to end next. (laughs) Minnesota. You know what? 
We're no longer the state of hockey. We're the state of hawk. We're state of hawk. That's right. Skull, baby. Skull. Skull. All right. Again, this is Purple Dailies before we die on Score North. I'm Jesse Pierce. He's Thor Nystrom. He's Ross Brendel. We are bringing you Vikings episodes every single Monday and Thursday. Uh, we love it. Engage, comment, share. Be sure to check out all of the other Purple Daily content each and every day, each and every week. You guys are awesome. Thanks for checking us out. And uh, let's go, Vikes. Skull Vikings. Thanks to those listening and watching in Hennepin County.